You know, one of my greatest Christmas memories uh, involves the year after my dad had come to Christ in 1976. I remember for the very first time we sat around uh, the living room, Christmas tree there. And before we opened up all of our presents, my dad opened up the Bible and read to us as a family, Luke chapter 2. And it really became meaningful to me as an 11-year-old boy hearing my dad read the word of God, the story of Jesus coming to the world. And then I married this beautiful woman uh, whose Southern family did the same thing. They read Luke chapter two. And got, so the last 25 years as we go home, either during Thanksgiving or Christmas, my father-in-law reads the Christmas story. Actually, my mother-in-law has actually memorized all of Luke chapter two. So she does that. And then he reads something else and that's cool. And so that's become our tradition uh, in our family as well. Tomorrow morning, before we open presents, I'm going to open up the Word of God and we're going to read Luke chapter 2 as a family. And you want to make that one of your traditions, it's awesome. Really is cool to to share that moment as a a family just to put things into perspective. But you know the story. The Roman Emperor Caesar orders a, a census to be taken and he orders that everyone return back to their homeland all over the world. And so together, Joseph and Mary traveled to Bethlehem because Joseph was from Uh, the family line of David. And while they are there, Joseph and Mary, they can't find a room at the local hotel. And you know that Mary is, is, is very pregnant. And so they choose to stay in an animal stable. Many people believe it was actually a cave. And Mary gives birth to Jesus uh, sometime that evening. And she wraps him in swaddling clothes. And that night, while that's happening, over on a hillside somewhere, shepherds are out watching over their flocks by night, their sheep. And the Bible says in Luke 2, verse 10, it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. What an amazing, magical story. It's, it's the story of Christmas. It's the story of the arrival of our Savior, Jesus Christ, into the world. Now, as many of you know, over the last several weekends, we have been celebrating uh, this season of Christmas. And, and we've been calling it, and actually the world is actually celebrating this, this, world, this word Advent, meaning uh, we're celebrating the coming of our King, our Savior Jesus. It's the arrival and the coming of our, of our King. And today, we're here today celebrating that, that arrival of our Savior and King, Jesus Christ, who came to earth to live amongst us and then to give his life for us. And Advent, as we've talked about, is also a time of preparation. It's a, it's a season where we actually slow down and we, we pause and we focus our hearts on God's wonderful gift of mankind, His, his Son, Jesus, and the gift that, that His Son offers to every one of us uh, at Christmas time. And this past month, we've been talking about those gifts, the gift of hope and the gift of joy and the gift of peace. And God wants us to receive all of those things. They are special gifts just for us From Jesus Christ. And so this weekend, what I want to do today, I want to focus on what I feel is the most amazing, precious gift that he offers to us at Christmas, and that's his love. Here's what the Bible says about this wonderful gift of love that God offers to all of mankind at Christmas, and not just at Christmas, but every single day throughout the year. John 3 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life, everlasting life. 
Out of love for you, God the Father sent his only son, Jesus, into the world. Jesus willingly chose to be separated from his father while on earth so that we could know the father's acceptance and love now and forever in eternity. That's the message of the gospel. That's, that's the promise of God's gift of love to us. And some of you may be you know, sitting here thinking, well, how do I receive that love? Because I, sure, I certainly need it. If you're here today and you have never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone to be your savior, you're not a Christ follower, you're not a Christian, you really don't, don't know what would happen to you if your life would end, to, end on this day, Here's what the Bible tell it, it tells us. It tells us that if we will believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and that if we would put our faith and our trust in Him alone to be our Savior, the Bible tells us that you will receive His gracious gift of forgiveness and salvation and eternal life and His love. And I want you to know this belief, because the Bible says even the demons believe. This belief we're, we're talking about is not some passive moment where you tip your hand to Jesus. No, it's a powerful, active belief that causes you to change your mind about your sin and the fact that you need a Savior to forgive you. It's a belief that is so transforming that you literally go from spiritual death to spiritual life. The Holy Spirit takes up residency inside of you and it changes you from the inside out. And God offers that and more as a gift of love to whoever will believe this morning. If you're a Christian today, you you know that there's been some moment in your life. You may not know the date, the time, that exact moment, but you know there was a moment where you realized that you needed a savior, you needed forgiveness. And the only way that that was gonna happen was through Jesus Christ alone. Here's how we receive God's love because it wasn't just a one-time thing. It just keeps going. Every single day you start off at the foot of the cross and you remind yourself of all that Jesus has done for you and who you are now as a result of of your salvation. And that love just grows from there. Every day, God invites you to discover the depths of his love for you, knowing that you'll never, ever get to the bottom of it. Listen how the apostle Paul describes this in Ephesians chapter three, verse 18. He says, and may you have the power to understand as all of God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep his love is for you. Now, I believe that over the the, the past many, many years, love has has gotten a bad rap, especially in the church. Love has oftentimes been been labeled as this lightweight brand of Christianity or, you know, mushy-gushy Christianity. And, And here's the fallacy and the confusion about all of that. Here's the confusion about God's love that, that so many of us, including me, grew up with. Okay? If I would just obey or if I would stop sinning, if I would just shape up, then God would love me. If I achieve, then I'll really be able to receive. If I love him, then his response will be to love me back. But here's the problem with that equation. It's a big fat error in understanding of God's love. You, you can't achieve something that's been offered to you as a free gift. You can't achieve God's love because it's freely giving, given. I grew up with this underlying feeling that I could never receive love from God because it had to be achieved. And no matter how hard I tried, I just couldn't achieve it. There was this false belief that I could never get God to love me because I just couldn't stop disappointing me, uh, him. It, it was basically all on my shoulders. Somehow this sweet baby in the manger was always disappointed with me. He was always angry with me. He just couldn't be pleased. As sweet and cute as he was, I couldn't please him because his love for me was based upon what I achieved for him, how well I performed for him. But I had it all backwards. 
You know, I grew up with the King James Version, but somehow I missed the truth of this verse read from the King James in 1 John 4, 19, where it says, we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. Listen to what the apostle John is saying here. He says, God loved me first. So the only way that I could actually love him and truly love others is to receive his love. Now I know some of you are thinking, wait, wait a minute, Brian. No, no, no. I, I need to clean myself up before God can truly love me. I need to achieve before I can receive. And the apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter five, verse eight, he says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were what? Still sinners. I couldn't achieve it. God, God had to send Jesus into the world to engage my mess, my sin, my lostness, my brokenness, my hopelessness, my helplessness. He didn't ask me to clean myself up. He basically looked at me and said, dude, you're a mess. You're a hopeless mess. And because of that, I'm going to take care of that. I will take care of that for you. And the same goes for you. And not out, now out of, a, out of a love that the Bible says is too great to fully understand, he offers all of mankind the gift of love. And he says, receive it, receive it. Now, I, I know some of you are thinking, really, Brian, it's all about love? Really? What about sin? What about obedience? Because I'm trying so hard to obey to get God to love me. Listen, when Jesus came to earth, he literally flipped the script of what people believed for years. For years, this is how the Jewish people lived. If I achieve, I will receive. If I keep the law, God will be happy with me. God will actually love me. But here's the huge problem with that. What did the law demand? It demanded perfection. It demanded, it was just too heavy and it was impossible. It could never be achieved. So imagine walking around always feeling like a failure in God's eyes, never quite measuring up. And then one day a baby is born. And his birth and his life and his death not only fulfill every Old Testament prophecy, but it fulfills the demands of the law because Jesus, by living a perfect life, by sacrificing his life on a cross and by paying payment for our sin, my sin and your sins, he fulfilled the law. He achieved what we could never achieve. He paid for sin. He defeated death. And because of all of that, because of all that he has achieved, we are now in a position to freely receive his love. But here's a big problem. Some of you, you're struggling to receive his love because you're living with this Old Testament spirit that just still says, I have to achieve to receive. When Jesus came on the scene, God created a, a, a new covenant with mankind. It was called the covenant of grace. And because of that, you and I don't have to achieve to receive his acceptance, to receive his grace, to, to just truly receive his love. Jesus offered love to us while we were at our worst, while we were trapped and condemned by our sin, while we were still enemies of God. And so our response to this gracious offer of love Oh my goodness, has to be to receive it. And then out of this overwhelming spirit of gratitude and love, what do we do? Then we choose to love him and obey him and honor him with our lives. It's our response for all that he's done for us, all that he's achieved and all that he's accomplished on our behalf. See, when you really, when you've really been loved by someone and you know when you've really been loved by someone, I mean, there's just something inside of you you just want to serve them. You want to honor them. You want to just be with them. You want to talk with them. You want to spend time with them. You just don't want to let them down. Why? Because they've just loved you so well. They've just given you so much. This past Tuesday, uh, Amy and I celebrated 25 years of marriage. 
Listen, would you congratulate her for... (laughs) 25 years she's put up with this right up here. But you know what? She loves me so well in spite of me. And because of that, my response to her is, I just want to love her back. I just want to serve her. I want to honor her. I want to bless her because she's loved me so well. Listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 9 and 10. He says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. And then he says, abide in me. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. My response to his gift of love is what? It's love. I receive it, but then I respond to it by loving him back, by serving him, by wanting to obey his commands. And you know what? It's not a, it's, it's not a drudgery. It's joy. It, it's, 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 not, it's a privilege and an honor, not a weight around my neck. Listen, there's nothing light and shallow about that. Matter of fact, it's straight truth that will change your life. It's what I wish that I had learned in middle school, had learned in high school, had learned in college, because it would have changed a lot of how I just operated every day. You see, when you receive the love of God and you're growing and discovering the depths of that love, it just will change everything around you. It will change your relationships. It will change your friendships. It will change how you approach your work relationships and how you, you parent Here's how the Apostle Paul talks about this in Ephesians 3.19. I love this verse. It says, may you experience the love of Christ, that it, it, though it is too great to fully understand, then, he says, and only then will you be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Let me say that again. When you experience the love of Christ, then you will be made complete with the fullness of life and the power of God. That's, what, that's life change. God came to earth in the flesh out of love for each of us. And today he offers this amazing gift of love to whoever will believe, who, whoever will receive it. And yet, it's crazy how we still struggle with this. How we're still going to struggle with this. Now, why do we struggle so much with this? Why do we do that? Well, for many of you today... You just don't feel like you deserve God's love. And I get that. I mean, I've had a few years of my life where I'm, you know, and I, quite honestly, we really don't. But you're, but, but you're doing some things in your life or you're, you're, some things in your past or right now. And you're going, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. I get it. For others of you, you're struggling because we, we are conditioned to earn things, aren't we? I mean, even as Americans, we have this default mentality that says you don't receive something for nothing. You only get what you pay for. You have to earn what you get. There's no free lunch in life. Anything that looks free or sounds free is not free. Or if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is, right? I mean, and so as a result of that, we become apprehensive when it comes to something that, that, that just sounds too good to be true. We're like, well, there's got to be a fine print somewhere. There's, there's got, there has to be a catch Okay, there has to be. And so we no wonder we struggle with God's love or we're skeptical. And there's a lot of skeptics. I mean, all of this Christmas talk about grace and forgiveness and love and this free gift of, of, you know, forgiveness through Jesus. I just don't know that, Brian, there has to be something that I have to do. I got to stop something, start something, change something, give something. It just can't be this simple. The problem is you and I have convinced ourselves or we let others convince us that we don't deserve love. Or maybe you've never really experienced it because all that you have been taught all of your life is you have to earn it. Or maybe we've all experienced, you know, love with conditions. If you do this, I'll do that. If you'll just earn. 
See, when we've never received God's love or we struggle to receive God's love, here's what we're left with. We're we're left with emptiness. There's a big void in our lives. And so here's what we do when we struggle to receive God's love. We just, we do everything we can to try to fill that void with whatever we think will fill it. So we get addicted to a job and we look at our job and we look at success and we look at money and we go, if I could just get those things then I'm really going to be fulfilled. Then I really feel like I matter in this world, like my, my life means something. And you may look successful, but what happens? In the inside, you're still empty because enough is never enough. Or you're addicted to approval because you, we, we just desperately need people to, to approve of us or to accept us. Or, you know, and social media just creates a whole new world when it comes to this. And we put something out there and we are so desperate for people to like it or approve it. And we'll just keep there just refreshing our phone or whatever it looks like. Like me, please. Or we get addicted to pleasing people. We look to others to fill our void. If I can just make them happy and be pleased with me, then I'll feel better about myself. And we look to relationships or we, we even substance addictions or busyness. If I can just stay busy, then I won't be thinking about how really empty I, I really am. And here, here's the sad truth. Some of you, you've resigned yourself to emptiness. We don't know how to, to receive love. So here's what I want to do. Um, this past Monday, uh, as I was just finishing up this whole thing right here, writing this and I, I thought, I've got to come up with an idea because I'm going to have little kids in this service and I'm going to have you know, older adults and all kinds of people in between. I need to talk about how, how can I illustrate how to really receive love. So I came up with this idea back here. All right, it's very simple. I'm, you can hear me walking, it's crazy. This red cup, this red bucket, all right? I want to use this red bucket, if I could, this morning to illustrate how often times we go about receiving love. This bucket, okay, this bucket represents two choices of how people receive, you know, fullness and uh, fulfillment. It's, you know, it's what we do to, what we need for acceptance or approval, you know, love. And this bucket represents your, your biggest challenge, but it also represents your biggest opportunity, Because you can either learn to receive the love of Jesus, okay, by holding your bucket up to him every single day, every single moment, and receive from him what only he can give you, all right? Or you can hold your bucket out like this, all right, to other people and expect for them to fill your bucket, expecting them to give you what you feel like you need to feel fulfilled or to feel whole or to feel purpose or to feel meaning in life, to really feel love. I mean, you live like this and you receive the love of Jesus, everything you need. Or you you live like this and, and what do we do? We just, we try to get fulfillment. We try to get anything we can from anybody that would offer it to us. And here's the sad reality this is how so many people live their lives. Fill me. You walk into a family gathering, please, just fill me somebody in here, fill me. You walk into church, fill me. You walk into the workplace, you look at your boss, please tell me I'm, I'm doing a good job because I am so desperate for your approval and if I don't have it, I'm gonna be miserable. Or we walk into a relationship and we go, please tell me what I need to hear or, my, or a friendship and we literally suck someone dry because we so desperately need for them to give us something they just can't give us. 
living with our buckets out, expecting people to fill us. Oh, accept me, need me, like me, value me. Tell me I'm beautiful. Tell me I'm awesome. Tell me I have value. And this is why so many people are struggling. Here's what we need to remember. Holding out your empty bucket, expecting other empty people to fill your emptiness will always leave you empty. Husbands, we do this. I mean, we walk into a marriage and we look at our wives and we're like, can you tell me that I've got what it takes? Can you tell me that I'm awesome, that I'm a beast? Because I need that from you. (laughs) Wives, we do the same thing. Oh, tell me I'm lovely. Tell me I'm beautiful. Tell me I've got worth and value. And you know what happens? We put things on our spouse that they really can't give us. I mean, it's nice when they say that stuff, right? I mean, every morning, Amy's like, first thing, you're a beast. I want you to know that. I'm like, okay. (laughs) That's what I need. That's not, listen, it's it's no reason why there's so many people who are struggling in their marriage because we're, we're putting expectations on our spouses that they cannot fulfill. Parents, we do this to our kids, don't we? We hold out this bucket and we're like, please make me, make me look successful. Make me feel like I'm a good parent. Don't you, don't you blow your grades because then everybody will think it's on me. We walk into the stands, we're watching our kid play football or our girls play volleyball or whatever that looks like, baseball, whatever. And we're sitting in the stands with our empty bucket and we're waiting for their performance to fill us up, to make us feel like, you know what? They're so good at what they're doing and I wasn't, but I just need them to fill this. And when they strike out, when they fumble, when they fall, we just feel like failures, don't we? And we get all upset or we go off on an umpire or we go on a, off on a referee, right? Or a teacher because we're looking for our kids or someone to fill this void that we have in our lives. Students, I know there's a lot of you in here today. You're walking down the hallway of school. Just anybody, fill it, please. Young adults, you guys in college, make me feel worthy. Make me feel lovely. Make me feel like I have value. I'll, whatever you need, all right? We go into our friendships, holding out our empty buckets, expecting other empty people to fill our emptiness. And you know what that will do? It will always leave you empty, always. I saw a Gallup poll this past week, new report. Eight out of 10 Americans are extremely stressed out. And maybe the biggest reason why we live disappointed and we live hurt and we live frustrated and we're anxious or we're stressed out in our relationships is because we're asking other people to do for us which, that thing which only God can do, which is what? Fill our bucket. What if we could stop doing this? And every day we wake up in the morning and we do this. Lord, I'm going to let you fill my bucket. And what if we started off each day with the creator of love, the one who, who not only created this right here, but is the only one that could actually fill it with the love you need, the one, who, the one who made us to be loved. What if we let him fill us? And what if we actually receive the truth of what God's word says about us? What if we receive the truth of what God has done through us and accomplished on our behalf through Jesus Christ? What if we actually believe that that we are unconditionally loved just like we are. Listen, when we properly internalize God's love for us, things will begin to change. When you begin to discover the real, real truth of what God wants for you, 
You're going to experience a wholeness in your life that you've never experienced before. Relationships will change. Why? Because expectations on those relationships will change. Some of you are going to walk into a a Christmas event today with your family. Some of you are going to walk into it tomorrow and you're just, I mean, you're fretting it. Because there's that person that you see one time a year. And as soon as they say that stupid thing to you, it's, it's on, right? I mean, are we walking, you know, and I mean, there's just so much stress that goes on with Christmas. It's a crazy thing if you think about it. I was driving home from a restaurant yesterday and I'm, I mean, people are angry on the road. There's lots of things happening. People are throwing non-Christmas gestures. It was nuts. And I'm just like, I think... My son Taylor looked and he says, I think we've missed it. Don't you think so, Dad? I said, yeah. Think about, think about how different things could be with our family today or tomorrow, with our in-laws, your mother-in-law, your brother, your sister, whoever that is, if we could just walk in and go, you know what? Christmas is different this year. I don't need you to fill my bucket because my bucket's already full. And instead of coming in here needing so desperately for you to fill something, guess what I'm going to be doing this year? I'm going to be sharing love because I'm overflowing with it. Some of you, we've had five funerals here at Westridge that we've been part of in the last um, 24 days. And I know some of you are grieving this year because there's that person that was here last year that's no longer here. And I just want to tell you, that God just wants to fill you up right now. He wants to carry you. He wants to love on you. You, just, you just, just put it right here and just let him fill you with grace and love right now and be all that he can be for you. Don't, don't, don't go outside looking for someone to fill that emptiness in your life. Let him fill it. Because you remember this. You remember this, every one of you. Nothing will ever separate you from his love. Nothing Romans 8, chapter uh, 8, Romans 8, verse 38 and 39 says, and Paul says, and I'm convinced, he says, that nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in, revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Think about that for a moment. Nothing can separate us from God's love. I love this quote from Paul David Tripp. He says, Jesus experienced the the manger, the flight to Egypt, the daily suffering of hunger and homelessness, the rejection of the religious authorities, the disloyalty of the disciples, the unjust trials, the cruel death and the tomb so that you would have what those express. He came and endured all of those things for you and me so that we would have forever what we could never have achieved, deserved, or earned on our own, which is what? His love. And I know for some of you, that's still hard to receive, isn't it? Because we just don't feel it sometimes. Can I tell you something? Facts aren't dependent on your feelings. He loves you and that's a fact. And if you don't mind, can I just take this a little bit further? Because some of you, you've heard that God loves you for so long. You know the song, you know the verse, okay? Even though you struggle with it. But here's what I want to tell you today, okay? God not only loves you, but he likes you. He likes you. And here's a Christmas newsflash. Some of you don't like yourself. You don't. But God not only likes you, he's actually crazy about you. He's actually crazy about you. He desires to spend time with you. He, he wants to be around you. 
He loves the way he created you, even though you don't love it. He looks at your abilities, your skills. He looks at the way you look. He looks at your talents. He, he looks at what you're not good at. He looks at your uniqueness and he says, I love you. I like you. I like you a whole lot. He's saying, Brian, listen, if you knew what I had done, you wouldn't be saying this. You're right. I have no knowledge of what you've done. But he knows your actions. He knows your thoughts. He knows your insecurities. He knows your faults. And he still, in spite of all of that, chooses to love you. Matter of fact, he still chooses to like you. Don't misunderstand. God doesn't love your sin. God loves you in spite of your sin. And when you start relating to God as a loving father who wants, to re- wants you to receive his love every single day, it's just going to change you. It's going to change everything. And here's the beauty of it. You don't have to completely understand it. Matter of fact, you never will. You just receive it. But I don't deserve it. That's what makes it so unbelievably beautiful. No one does. It just doesn't seem right, Brian. I, I, just, I should have to earn it. You can't. I should, have, I should have to achieve it to receive it. It's already been achieved. Jesus did it for you. He settled your account, your, your, your sin debt. He looked at your bill and said, you can't pay that, and so I'll pay it. And he stamped paid in full across it. And what do you do with that? You go, I don't want it? No. You go, okay, I'll take that because it's the only way it's going to happen. You receive it. Christmas is all about God out of love giving his only son so that he could die for your sins so that you could have the gift of eternal life. And it gets better. Once you receive this gift of love through salvation, God looks at you every day and he says, listen, because of what Jesus has achieved for you, here's more love every day. And it never runs out. It never fails. It never ends. It's so wonderful that you can't completely understand it because it's too wide. It's too long. It's too high. It's too deep. And the sad reality is that most people in the world don't know this. And those that do know it, they don't know what to do with it. So they just push it away. And that's why they walk around day after day like this, just like this. Anyone. And ultimately, this will leave you empty. Can I tell you something? When, when, when I'm like this, it's not very attractive. Quite, I'll be honest with you, I, I can't relax. I can't rest. I'm always in achieve mode. But when I come to him like this, I can rest. I'm a better pastor. I'm a better husband. I'm a better father. Because he fills me. Imagine what would it be like to walk into every room, every meeting, every environment, every relationship, every friendship, every conversation with your bucket already full, overflowing with God's love. I mean, it'd be tough to be offended, wouldn't it? It'd be tough to get upset because you're living out what God says about you, what Jesus has done for you. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, okay? You're going to be growing, learning what it means to live from the fullness of God. But imagine what life could be to not need anyone or need anything to fill this bucket. doesn't mean that we, we don't need each other. We were created to need each other, to live with each other. It just means that, if, look, if someone, if someone doesn't act very loving and all of a sudden they just come around and just kick the snot out of your bucket, it, it's no big deal because, you know what, you weren't looking for them to fill it anyways. Oh yeah, listen, it still hurts, it still stings, you still get your feelings hurt, it may bruise you, you know, you bruise your bucket up a little bit, but it doesn't crush you. 
It doesn't devastate you because they were not the source of your love in the first place. You didn't let them be the source of your fulfillment and your acceptance. And because they're not your true source, you stop looking to them to fill you. You don't let that person control you any longer or that person because they're just not your source. And here's a game game changer statement for every one of you today. God created us to live from fullness, not for fullness. You get that? So here's when I live. When I live from fullness, this is what this looks like. Or I live for fullness. And I want to tell you, this is probably the biggest lesson I've learned in the last 20 years. Do I still get worn out? Do I still get, you know, discouraged and anxious and stressed out? Mm Mm-hmm. But what do I do when that happens? I just go back to the one who loves me unconditionally and I receive his love and I just rest in him knowing, okay, I can't do anything. And here's what I found. You know what? This is so great. I have found that he offers free unlimited refills. It's a beautiful thing. When I'm anxious, I just go back to him and I'm, I'm not worried about him running out because he never runs out. And folks, here's my Christmas prayer for every one of you today. May you discover today how, how high and how long and how wide and how deep his love really is for you. And may you stop going to any other source that's gonna leave you feeling empty and unfulfilled. And may you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully, so then you will be made complete with the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Now, I... I, I Monday, I'm racking my brain going, okay, I, I, want it, I want this to stick. And in order to make it stick, I, I've got to give people gifts. So my assistant, Judy, pulled off a Christmas miracle along with the help of Amazon Prime, and she got 8,000 of these little cups in here today, by yesterday. And I want every one of you to take one of these home, okay? Because here's what, I, here's what I'm asking you to do, all right? I'm asking you to every single day, put this, put this on your nightstand, put it on your sink, you know, where you're brushing your teeth, put it on your dresser where you get your cologne or perfume or whatever it is you, you need. You can put them all over the place if you want. Put one in your office, in your car. And let this be a reminder to you of every single day. All right, Lord, you fill my bucket. I'm gonna operate out of fullness instead of from fullness. And so Lord, here I am, I'm waking up and I've just, I'm changing the meaning of what this has meant for some of you for a long time, okay? (laughs) Yeah. Don't you dare use this cup for anything other than what I'm telling you, okay? But I want this to be a reminder to you of this moment where hopefully some of you just, it was like this light went on can't earn it. I can't work for it. I know I don't deserve it, but but grace, he offers it and I receive it. And so as a result of that, every day I live out of fullness instead of from fullness. If you're here today and you're not a, a Christ follower, you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus alone. My simple invitation to you today is to receive his love. The Bible says, whoever will believe My prayer is that you will trust Jesus right now to be your savior and that you'll receive forgiveness and salvation. I love this quote. Jesus was despised and rejected in the here and now so that you 
would have the Father's love and acceptance forever. And he offers to you, he offers that to you right now. Would you do me, would everybody, would you stand quietly? And as you're standing, no, nobody leave. Would you just bow your head for a moment? And if it helps you to focus, would you, you can close your eyes. And if you're here today and you've never received the love of the Father that he offers to you today through the gift of his son, Jesus, who was born over 2,000 years ago to come, to live a perfect life, to die on a cross for your sins. If you've never received his gift of forgiveness and salvation, saving you from your sin, paying for your debt of sin, making things right between you and God, allowing you to be one of his children, securing for you a home in eternity rescuing you from this life of emptiness. If you've never done that, would you pray with me right now? Just say, at this moment, Jesus, I put all my faith and trust in you alone, and I ask you to forgive me and save me. I receive this love. I know I don't deserve it. I can't earn it. Can't be bought. It's already been bought. Jesus did it. And so the only thing I can do is receive it. And so I believe that you are the son of God, that you came to this earth to be the Lord and savior of the world and that you died on a cross. And by putting my faith alone in you, Jesus, I can now receive life, eternal life. And I ask you to do that for me right now. Thank you for this love in Jesus' name. Head still bowed. If you just prayed that with me, would you just lift your hand up all over this auditorium so I can pray for you all over the place. Hands are going up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. For those of you who are already Christ followers, everyone else, look at me for just a moment. Look at me for just a moment. Welcome to every single one of you. Just walk, just raise your hand. Welcome into the family of God. We, we want to talk to you about that in a moment. Do you know, because Jesus said this, that if there were a hundred sheep on a hillside, and one left the fold and went away and just got into sin or just walked away, got lost. Jesus says that he's the kind of shepherd that would leave the 99 to come find just you. That means that if, that if there were only you on this earth and you were lost, Jesus would have still left heaven to come find you. And I look at that and I go, you know what? That's amazing because what kind of king leaves all of that to become a man? Who, who, who does that? Who walks in and becomes a baby and then goes through the cruelest death known to mankind back in the time. That's, that's a savior with a reckless love, right? That's, a, that's, who, that's someone who will do anything to come after you. And so if you're here today and you're away from God, but you know you're a Christian, the father is coming after you because he loves you so much. And he's gonna keep coming after you with a reckless love to bring you back because he's just that crazy about you. And so we're going to sing about that right now. I love this song. It's such a great way to end our Christmas service today. Would you just sing it out and just rest and relax in the truth of these words as we sing this today?